At the end of civilization, humanity struggles to survive. Will they also succeed in keeping their humanity alive? Fleeing across a landscape of death, survivors will gather. Some will know each other and some will be strangers, but together they must find some sense of family or they will assuredly find ruin alone. A world of perpetual grays where staying alive eclipses all notions of morality. Or does it? Can people keep looking into the abyss and learn to ignore its baleful gaze back? Can hope for normalcy be retained or is death just the order of the day? Will humanity rebuild or simply become the monsters they fight until monsters are all that's left? At the end of civilization, will humanity be able to live for a brighter future, or will they only learn to fear the walking dead? Two, two, three. Hi, welcome to your Fear the Walking Dead cast. We're back, and the Walking Dead is back. We were kind of back uh, about a week and a half ago. We did a different thing, which none of these people know about because they're not comic readers. Well, Alan is. Um, I listened to it. I listened. Yeah, I know. No. I, I knew about it. We actually almost covered the topic we we had set out to to cover too. It was close. It was close. We didn't <laughs> quite pull it off, um, but that's no surprise, is it? Um, we might do a couple more of those, like revisiting the the comic characters and and, and the books and stuff like that. So. Because you know, I'm not just an occasional host. I'm a listener. Yes. Which, <laughs> God bless you for being so, sir. Yes. <laughs> and as with all my You're podcasts, the only one. Probably. You know, and Mike. Well, no, I, I figure anyone who's been on this show, that's because that's how I work, apparently. If if I have guests on one of my shows, that's because they've told me they've listened. And I like to surround myself with people that like me. Uh, You're a whore. I am. I fully admit that. I, I, you know. Well, I will say this. I am so behind on podcast listening that I don't listen to ones that I'm on anymore. Those I'm so far behind on making them. Well, actually, that's the problem. I actually have been listening to other people's podcasts lately. Thusly, I have not been. Oh, see, that's own. the problem. Yeah, that's uh, the problem. And I'm getting kind of sick of my own voice, as a lot of you can imagine. All righty. So, yeah, if you're the Walking Dead cast, I'm Scott 2.0, the guy who always talks too much on these freaking things. And I'm joined with uh, by um, several of our, our semi-regular co-hosts. So Sarah and Mike are pretty much, I don't even know how that works in the Pictures. world. Cope. Co-hosts or special what they used to call them on featured players. Co-conspirators, featured players. <laughs> yeah, that works. the old Saturday Night Live thing of featured players. Do I get a co-star? Or do I get an and? Or do I get Are a? Win? Not ready for prime players. Is that what we are? I mean, if we're going just by number, you know, Alan would be whatever the step below featured players was on Saturday Night <laughs> Live. I don't, I don't recall that, but but still in a the, valuable member of the team. In the Gilligan's Island theme song, I'm and the rest. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. There we it's go. The plus one, folks. Well, you know, Scott invited me to one episode, and I'm still here. I know. I can't <laughs> seem to get rid of him for some reason. <laughs> but, no, that's good, because, uh, unfortunately, our other uh, regular co-hosts tonight, Brian and Beth Hughes, could not make it, because they're having some, some family stuff they need to deal with. Uh, so they're in our thoughts, obviously, and we'll be back. Well, Beth has promised me she will be back for this show. She took a little break. But I've been begging and sacrificing things on a daily basis and because we really enjoy her on this. So she will be back eventually, and Brian will be back probably good, good, good. all the time. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, it was the first episode back after the 
<laughs> agonizingly long break that they make us take in these things. So we're at episode nine of season seven, and the title was Rock in the Road. And we open with uh, Father Gabriel keeping watch on the walls at night, and he starts reading his Bible, as I'm sure he does often, and apparently finds a verse that suddenly moves him to go crazy and steal a bunch of supplies and drive off. Why not? He does check as the, the as the Bible often does. Yeah, you know, it, they just inspire you like that. I, this my my recap tonight is unashamedly stock full of Bible puns, so uh, I apologize in advance. The Bible uh, has inspired it to uh, break some commandments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, he does check the late Olivia's inventory notebook for for some reason. Well, yeah, I think that's maybe where he wrote his little message later or something. Um, I, I thought it was just to be like, well, this is what I'm taking. This is how screwed they are, just to check. And uh, as he's pulling away, we see that he is not alone in the car. The shadow head pops up from the back seat. Um, curiouser and curiouser. Roll credits. And we cut to Hilltop, and Gregory is griping to Rick and company. A great funny scene here, and, and pretty much peeled right off the page, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was pretty close to the comics. Um, and he's griping about them not being able to kill all the saviors. He's Gregory, as I love the way this guy is portraying Gregory. Uh, he says, well, I mean, that, Scott, I, I just wanted to thank you for mm-hmm. never having me on the show and for this, this conversation never to have happened. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> I know, I know nothing. I thought that was a great line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. He really had some good stuff this episode uh, for being, you know, the douchey, bumbling character. He actually had some really good lines. Dan DeBerkley is very good at the douchey uh, leader. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maggie Margaret and Rick, uh, Rick Ricky. And uh, I'm surprised you didn't punch for that. Uh, he says they have no deal and no further business. And if anyone even remembers at this point the reason Rick kicked the hornet's nest in the first place was to get food from the hilltop um he also tells them that they owe him for taking in the refugees at a great personal risk to him at which point jesus basically says bitch please uh yeah uh maggie and sasha remember that um they're hiding in closets after they saved your ass from yeah. the walkers in the car i think that would be uh that would be um gregory's native nickname chief hiding in closets uh i don't know <laughs> rick is in the pep talk in the sales pitch gregory resists and refuses coward that he is no surprise and the group are told to go out the back door basically um as you said alan um, thank you for not being here and not having this conversation as they're leaving eden informs them that some willing recruits have come forth and the quest for cannon fodder has begun absolutely and uh, maggie gives them the we can win speech without the ugly detail that it will probably mean that they won't have a job next season (laughs) (laughs) by that i mean we those of us in the opening credits we can win exactly if this is the enterprise all y'all are going to wear red shirts and we will think of you fondly yes or as we lie on our beds of money for being the stars. Um, <laughs> Jesus shows us the magic stolen radio, which didn't they pretty much do the same scene? This was like a bad reminder scene. It's like, hey, remember we have this radio. We can listen to the, the saviors so we can magically get around them. Um, he tells them that he's uh, taking them to the kingdom to petition King Ezekiel for military aid. King? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the group at this point is just kind of like, okay, well, we're following a guy named Jesus, so why would it be really surprising that there's a king as he Not a big there? leap of faith. No, no, not And uh, yeah, so as his horsemen come out spouting their their Renaissance fair lines at first, but then sees Jesus and are all like, "Hey, bro, what's up? Uh, how you living?" Uh, that was more like. <laughs> Oh shit! It's Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, so much, so much opportunity. Um, and we'll take them. All on. they needed in that group was a Mary and Joseph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta know they'll go there eventually. Uh, Main Knight Richard is wary, but Jesus vouches for them, and one might say that, that there is no way to the kingdom except through him. Uh, 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 don't uh, say that again, okay? I would never. Um, going to hell just for that remark. Parley, parley, banter, banter. The group gets in but has to give up their two guns. Richard is obviously already on board with the whole war thing. Uh, oh, he's being, been. Yeah, Richard being the, the main big knight there. Uh, the group is clearly awestruck at the potential cannon fodder for the kingdom. They go right to that. It's like, oh, look at all these people we can get killed. You know, ignoring that they've got these great gardens and produce and apples. And, and Rick and Michonne are just be like, people, 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 guns. Um, which, yeah, people all, we can get killed. Yeah, all about business. And a very tr- highly trained uh, Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they couldn't have come across a better army. But they, they got to get oh, to... Did what? I not mention he has a tiger? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they got to get through Kitty first. Um, <laughs> this was so great. Uh, and we get a short uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Rick reunion, of course, and he fills him in, uh, him and Daryl in on the Carol situation and uh, his being murdery again. He's like, I killed someone. Uh, and he tells him that she left, but he fails to tell him that she lives like a block away because she doesn't want them to. <laughs> Uh, Shiva is being tiger. Oh, don't, don't don't forget, Rick told him about all his questions. No, well, not right then. He okay. left it left it as a surprise, which I thought was kind of a dick Rick move. Um, yeah, uh, they get to the the main hall. Shiva is being tigery. Ezekiel's being kingly, and he greets Jesus. And Jerry is just being adorable. Jerry, so he's got to die. Did y'all see the the Talking Dead afterwards? Most of it, yeah. Where the guy that plays Ezekiel stood there and he and he just looked out and he went, "I know all of these characters. There's Rick." There's Sasha. Oh my God, Sasha's beautiful, and could not think of what he was supposed to say. <laughs> oh yeah, I missed. That I he went so completely much. brain dead and mute. He's like, I know. I, I don't think something. that was here. I think that was. I think they filmed the later scene first. It was when it was when he went out to talk, and they were all. It was the first scene that they filmed was when they all went to the theater to to meet Ezekiel and mm-hmm. the tiger, and while they're reacting to the tiger. The the actor that plays Ezekiel, this is the first time he got to interact with the rest of the cast. I thought they like, filmed. I've watched these people on TV, and now they're in the same room with me. And oh my god! And he was completely awestruck. Yeah, and cool. Jerry was like, Ezekiel's loading up something good to say, and Ezekiel's like, I got nothing. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Line. Nice. No, I missed that. I kind of watched it half-assed, like four in the morning. Well, you so. see, I, I thought they were talking. He was talking about the scene later in the episode where he told uh, Rick and company to get walking. Oh, I yeah. Thought they, I thought he, they filmed that one first. I thought he had said when they were in the theater. Eh, doesn't matter. I imagine it's, they yeah, even doesn't filmed. matter. But it's, he, All we know is he forgot his lines. The fact that he was starstruck, and it was just, I thought, you know, wow, human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's fairly new. Well, yeah, he's he's been a fan of the comic. I think he said on Talking Dead before, so it's like in mm-hmm. the show. So it's like, yeah, it's got to be a pretty. He's weird like Sasha's experience. beautiful. Oh my god, <laughs> and there's Rick. But but wherever I go, I I want to have a Jerry. I want a hype man with me the whole time. I yeah, just, oh, absolutely. Definitely. You just need them. He's sort of a Chamberlain, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> I just need a hype. You gotta give him a double sided axe or else he's just not as cool. Well, you know what he reminds me of? It was, uh, I went to this BB King concert ages and ages and ages ago. And uh, one of his, you know, like main horn men on on stage or one of the musicians was just a huge guy. Looked like, you know, Black Jerry, basically. And at the end of the show, at the end of the whole concert, this guy went on for like 10 minutes, you know, standing applause and all that. Um, and this guy just kept going over and over again. He's like, Mr. B.B. King! And wait about ten seconds and be like, Mr. B.B. King! And he just went on for like ten minutes. Mr. B.B. King! Like, yeah, we all know. We bought the ticket, guys. Don't, oh, don't, you know there's an episode don't. coming called Be Quiet, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. don't we all need that in our lives every now and then? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I think maybe King Ezekiel was even tired of his own Ren Fair stuff at that point. <laughs> He'd seen a lot of people that day. He's just like, Jerry, just, no, man, dial it down, please. But we're going to shoot <laughs> myself here. Anyway, I thought this was great. Rick's crew is waiting at the very back of the hall because Tiger and Jesus. Well, what did you? Well, yeah, and Jesus remarks, he probably should have told him about that. The devil, you say, Jesus. No one should be warned that they're about to encounter a Rasta king with a tiger. Uh, they should be taking No, pic- because their reaction is worth seeing. Yeah, they should be taking pictures of people's reactions and, like, posting them outside for entertainment. I think that would be, that's what I would do if I ran the kingdom anyway. Now, Rick is giving him the sales pitch. Obviously, Ezekiel's not happy about Jesus spilling the beans uh, to people about the kingdom. And there's deals with the saviors. And speaking of forgetting to tell people things, it's that's when, uh, in the king's chambers, that Morgan suddenly gets to hear about Negan's murder spree on Alexandria and Rick's group. And uh, I thought that Rick probably could have let him down a little easier than that. Uh, maybe privately somewhere else, but, you know, Morgan took it in stride and be like, eh, you know, apocalypse, death happens. Uh, Ezekiel's taking it all in. Richard gives him the vote for war. Ezekiel asks Morgan for his opinion, and he still wants to find a peaceful way because he's still fucking learned nothing, apparently. Uh, he suggests just capturing Negan, which isn't a bad plan. He does have that nifty little jail cell after all. He does, and why build a jail unless you're going to use it? Right, yeah. This is Chekhov's jail. Uh Yeah. Uh, And in a last attempt to to influence him, Rick gives us the parable of the uh, rock on the road, Um, which, long story short, uh, asshole king puts dangerous rocks in the road that uh, slew possibly hundreds of people, and only one little girl was brave enough to try to fix it, and she got paid. Uh, bag of gold left by the king, cha-ching, cha-ching. So, I think... Yes, but our fingers were reduced to bloody stumps. Well, right, yeah. But, you know, you, nothing gained without effort, I guess, was the, the metaphor we were supposed to get out of that one. Uh, 
Yeah, which, you know, I thought it was a nice little speech, actually. That was well-written, nice little, it was. little story. And uh, does absolutely no good whatsoever. Um, <laughs> King says they stay till morning, and he'll give his decree then. Um, ben is out practicing walker hunting, and he runs into Carol, who's holding a rifle on him. She gives us gives him some basic zombie survival tips. Good, Carol. And it reminds, um, us, that and it reminds us that she's still on the show. Yeah, that's uh, that's always nice. Living a block away, you know, just doing the wood woodland earth mother thing. No, no problem. But, uh, if that's his, if that's his practice, he needs a little bit more. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, hey, at least she didn't just cap him. You know, so Carol's come a long, come a long way. <laughs> Ben offers her some extra water, and Kara's is all cynical and asks, like, why help people? And Ben's all like, um, humanity, duh. So we have a moral center alert, folks, I think. Uh, Ben's place on the Deadpool just went up three places. (laughs) Adjust your bets with the bookmakers accordingly. Uh, (laughs) So hopefully not too soon. I really like Ben. (laughs) So, yeah, let's keep it. That's why he's doomed. Yeah, yeah, more likely. Uh, ben finds the king uh, telling Ben's younger brother, I think it was, a bedtime story, which happens to be Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. I thought that was nice. Uh, Ezekiel has a heart-to-heart with Ben, who is also of a mind that they should fight. Now, Carol and Ezekiel both... Be, I thought this was funny that uh, Carol, in her interactions with Ben, and then Ezekiel talking to Ben, basically kind of do the whole, do they talk about me? Did they say something about me? <laughs> <laughs> I have this note. Uh, do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. Like, like, or... But don't let anyone see you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the crush is still on, which might be hard to remember since it was like 12 freaking episodes now that we last saw Ezekiel. Um, next morning, we're, we're watching some rousing archery practice and some running, and uh, Rick's crew notices that a lot of the people have missing limbs, which uh, we assume were due to the Herschel bite remedy. Uh, of chopping things off when you get nibbled on. Um, Ezekiel refused, or they were low on food that month, one or the other. Uh, Ezekiel refuses to, they just wanted a little meat with their apples. Uh, pork chops and applesauce. Ezekiel refuses to help with the war. Uh, he offers Daryl asylum as the savers, faith saviors never come inside, so he'll be safe there. And Daryl asks the obvious foreshadowing question, yeah, how long do you think that's going to last? And I'm betting, like, two episodes tops. Sasha rolls up on Rosita, and I thought this was kind of lame writing, actually. Sasha rolls up on Rosita, tries to make some small talk, but she's suddenly, like, very cold and is basically, just because we used to bang the same dead guy doesn't mean we're buddies, honey. And I thought that was a that little... That was cold. I thought it was a little contrast to, like, their whole bonding over carrying Abraham together and shit, too. And, but I don't know. just thought they kind of made a 180 on that. But must be to set up something down the road, you know. Any thoughts on Dames. that one? I thought it was a little Dames. inconsistent. Dames. Yeah, you know, cat, yeah. Caddy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Could a resident dame want to comment on that? or? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Smart. They were just in a bad mood. They just got shot down by Ezekiel. No. Yeah, just because we used to bang the same dead guy doesn't mean we need to be friends. No, that's absolutely right. We don't need to talk. Well, yeah, but I just I thought well, it was You want to compare of, notes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of pointless now, too, yeah. No, but I just thought that they had kind of 
made an effort to have them be a little friendlier and bonding over, you know, their mutual experience. And then but every maybe, relationship has ups and downs. Yeah. So maybe well, they kind of gave each them. other the "I understand you" and "I'm over it" look. But that was, you know, that was a couple episodes back. That was back in five oh eight. Yeah. So it, it's they'll they're they're going to be catty, and there is no reason for them to be besties. I almost saw it more as that I think uh, Rosita is kind of trying to very specifically pick up, and we see it a little later too, pick up the Abraham slack, and that she's like going full military, like Sasha was a while back. But Sasha's kind of come back more to humanity, and now it's kind of Rosita's turn to become super car, super hard soldier girl. Um, and she obviously had some skills we didn't really know about that we'll find out in a bit here. Uh, Richard's ready to go with Rick, but doesn't. Uh, Rick tells Daryl to sit and stay and, and stare as he... He looked like a kicked puppy. Yep. He did. He so looked like a kicked puppy when those <laughs> gates closed. It was horrible. Oh, well, that was like a, this is the last time we'll see each other look, no. too. It was like, oh, shit. No. You know, and I'm sure it's just the, the, the producer's trolling us, but... But I did, I did like a... You're about to say that, Scott. I, I did like the advice he gave him. Yes. Maybe you can just stare the king into submission. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone could do it, yeah. Daryl, Daryl, stare at him until he becomes uncomfortable and sees it my way. Yeah, there you go. I, I really need to see a whole episode of them. Just you know, you want to waste ninety minutes on a character, man. Give me Ezekiel and Daryl hanging out for ninety minutes. That I will fucking watch in a minute. Uh, <laughs> that'd be some good stuff. And especially Daryl and the kitty. That just Daryl the kitty and the king. That and and Jerry for for color commentary on the side. <laughs> Be quiet, Jerry. Spin-off series right there, guys. <laughs> Rating. You'll bury the ratings. <laughs> Back on the road, and the gang is listening to Radio Free Negan, who is eulogizing <laughs> Fat Joey, of course, and, and you know, fondly reminiscing about the times they used to talk about blowjobs together. Whatever. Um, what else? Not at a funeral. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much a, a Negan. You know, that's as sentimental as he gets. Uh, and the boy likes talking about stuff like that. They come across an elaborate booby trap blockade on the highway. Uh, Jesus says probably the most obvious and stupid line of the episode. Someone's trying to block the highway. I bet it's the saviors. Like, he literally says that. And, like, yeah, anyone who's been paying attention at all for five minutes figured that one out, Jesus, but thanks. Yeah, or, or to landmarks, since they saw the, the Savior's compound from the highway. <laughs> right, it's like, hmm, well, maybe it's one of these other dozen groups that live within a mile of us, but no, I'm going to go with the Saviors. Um, so anyway, it's I don't think those walkers were ready to play Limbo. <laughs> yeah, oh, beautiful scene, beautiful scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, i got to give big, slow clap to Nicotero on this one. Um, anyway, the trap is it's a bunch of explosives and stuff on like barbed wire strung between two cars, and there's a bunch of blockade cars as well. And it's to stop a large herd, which is out, out of the blue coming at them, so the clock is ticking. Uh, and of course, uh, Rick says we need those explosives. And we get a very tension filled scene of disarming and moving cars and beating the clock. As, and apparently um, Rosita became a member of the bomb squad. Yeah, um, yeah. which, you know, hanging out with Abraham, you'd probably pick up some tricks. But yeah. I, I'm wondering, why yeah. the hell does a woman need Eugene to make bullets for her? She knows how to, dis, 
you know, I would think you'd learn bullets and then dynamite and explosives, but... Disarming a bomb is not loading a bullet. That, that's true. But, Make, making a bullet. She can shoot the bullet, but she can't produce it. We Those are uh, reasonably different skill sets for me. Yes, they are. We all have jobs to do, as Herschel used to say. Um, now, at this point, I, I, I don't know that I've ever noticed the music in, in this show, but here they had a nice, like a tense Mission Impossible yeah, type yeah. of score yeah. going on here. And I, I thought that was a nice, I thought that was good. Yeah, they, they do do it well occasionally, even though in my brain I'm like, they're not really going to knock any of these people off right now. You know, I thought maybe they'd blow one of them up. I mean, you're playing with dynamite. Well, uh, it's the obvious thing to go to. I'm like, eh, maybe someone will blow up. I'll be okay with that. Uh, no one blew up. Um, zombies blew up. Um, but we get, we get one of the best zombie kills of the whole show, probably, in that uh, we... <laughs> You know, Rick and Michonne get get the bombs off and get in the two cars with the, the barbed wire and we get the zombie cheese slicer from hell. And it was just a glorious, glorious thing. Oh, that, that made the episode right there. Everybody <laughs> limbo. You do stuff like that, I'll forgive you some flaws and bad yeah, writing. Absolutely. I, I've always said that. It's like you wow me with the action piece that... that Knocks off a couple of demerits that I've given you earlier. <laughs> I was thinking that, that that doesn't necessarily kill them, but I guess it does keep them from walking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't sure. Which, yeah, it was, which is just as good. It was kind of hard to see what height it was at. Cause, I mean, yeah, you could put it at a you know reasonable. Human it was about neck waist. Level. If you figure no, it was high. high between, it was between the it two cars. Like the, it was about the, waist high. Yeah, the hoods of the car. So yeah, yeah, definitely a good disabling. You know, if not killing agent, uh, but you know, you get those child zombies, and that, that would take the head off. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but the head is still alive. Yeah, easier to manage. You know, just come over with a bat. You can walk around a uh, single head. Yeah, you yeah. Know. <laughs> Hunt it like a football. That would be fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all so squishy now, so it's yeah. it's easy just to you know do the whole apple you know rotten apple stomp thing. Uh, where are we here? Yeah, Rick realizes actually that he almost got everyone killed again because he needed bombs. He needed all the goddamn bombs, but still no one says, "Dude, maybe we should give someone else a chance for a while." That is kind of Rick's move, except sometimes it's not just almost getting people killed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes it tips over into actually getting them killed. So, he didn't get anybody killed, so he's getting better at it. Uh, yeah. Nobody died in this episode. Yeah, we'll, give yeah. him, we'll give him a uh, check mark on his uh, leadership performance review this year. Yeah, well, I've never been a huge fan of it, as we've talked about before. And, and uh-huh. I, I need to see Maggie start stepping up or something here. Uh, Those she'll have baby stuff to to deal. Well, that's right. Maggie's still pregnant, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Back in the town, just in time for the same. Who's that? Oh, Margaret. Oh, you mean Margaret? Okay, Margaret. got it. Yes, um, <laughs> he's going to get punched again for that. You. Are. <laughs> Uh, just in time, the saviors to show up in town, and Negan's number one thug, Simon, is there, and uh, Rick plays dumb about the visit, uh, asking why they're there for the tribute so early. Uh, Simon informs him it's the search for Daryl. Rick is really not a good liar at all. I, I don't look finally on his chances in a poker game. Um, Carl's looking murdery with this one good eye. 
and they start tearing up the town. They uh, discover the bear storeroom, thanks to Gabriel. Uh, Simon does not freak out um, because they're not there on a supply run, but he does make mention of how rough things are looking. Um, With a big smile on his face. Oh, yeah, he's, like, turning up. He's doing his best Negan impression, and he's getting a little better at it, but he's, you know, just not quite got it down like the man himself yet. He's not quite as over the top. No, he's trying. He actually looks more over the top kind of than Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. He has this big shit-eating grin on his face that just oozes evil. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Simon, of course, gives him the standard, if Daryl shows up here, we got a problem, have the hatchet handy speech, and drives off. And And they do needlessly bust some stuff up because glass shattering is always a good visual on TV. Well, yeah, you got to, you know, (laughs) keep keep the good old extortion traditions or or people get soft. Um, Nice town you got here. Be ashamed if something happened to it. They fill Rick in on the Gabriel situation, obviously, but Rick defends him when almost everyone else is like, fuck that guy. Uh, but he left a clue, uh, his Bible, and a message in a notebook that just says boat, which Eric and Aaron apparently, you know, like, how did he know about the boat? And we are all like, we don't know, but it must be that boat. So th- I guess they go towards that boat. But there was whistling, and that's what Gabriel followed before he emptied the cupboards and got in his car. Oh, and, y'all said that, and y'all said that you saw a shadow in the back of the car. Was it yeah. the boots on the boat? Well, that's what I figured, or maybe... This, the was, this was the hat to go along with the boots. Yeah, yeah. M- mysteries abound, that's for sure. I did not hear the whistling, though. It's a good catch. I, You know, bad ears, but I, I didn't even catch that. So he possibly knew about the guy in the back seat, I'm assuming, or... Well, didn't, didn't he see him coming at the end of the last episode? I, I don't remember. I, I just thought the guy was spying on the town. I didn't, I didn't notice there was any acknowledgement from anybody that he was out there, but man, maybe that's what they're uh, they're moving to. In this scene, it was nice to see Rick do a little detective slash police work. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they're all talking, 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 and he's actually looking around, assessing. Yeah, cool. And he finds a clue. Yeah. Way to use your skill set there, Rick. Mm-hmm. Just being shooty, shooty, so... Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so interesting mysteries there. And they have, like, Who the hell is watching Judith right now, though, is what I'm wondering. Does anybody remember who we left her with? <laughs> well, Judith's babysitter got shot in the head. So. Yeah, yeah. The last yeah. one, uh, the, the next in line. someone got steps, stepped up to that job. I'm not sure there's a lot of people lining up for that job at this point. <laughs> but there's got to be somewhere safe, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, Eric and Aaron have Eric and Aaron have a moment, and Eric is of course doing the whole begging him not to go, uh, looking for Gabe thing. I'm sick and tired of being so damn happy. I've got to go now. Yeah, it was a good scene. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, you caught me. I'm really sick of being so happy. I'm leaving you. Yeah, Eric's trying to be the voice of reason and remind Aaron that Rick is the one who kicked the Savior's Hornet's nest in the first place, and uh, he's he's done questionable things, but Aaron's a loyal soldier. And the search begins, and Rick and company head back towards the boat from last episode, presumably, and they come across some structures and go in with their two guns drawn, only to be quickly surrounded by a large, heavily armed group of people. And Rick apparently has an army gasm and gives a really creepy smile, and we fade to black. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, was that group by any chance most? It was mostly women, wasn't it? It did, but I don't it think it was. Was that the Ocean no, Riders? No. I, I think there were. I think there were some men there. Yeah, so I don't think it's them. Um, so it's not the Ocean Siders. No, I don't believe so. Uh, so Rick's smile is either because Heath is in the group because all we saw was him walking away at the bridge. That's what I'm or, thinking might have been in the back. Seat. Or it's Rick's smile because oh look, more cannon fodder, oh, and all yeah. I got to turn on the charm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the I cannon fodder has got him surrounded. Yeah, I think so. That's which it. is it? Is it? Is this? I'm going to be charming and and talk them out of their guns and talk them into fighting for me, or is there somebody in the group that he knows? No, I think it's somebody. I I I think it's somebody knows. Do you think it's Heath? I, I mean, know. it would be awesome if it was Heath coming back. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I I'm I'm betting that Heath's maybe the the boot guy and the the guy in the back seat, and him and Gabriel got that some weird side business going on. I don't know. Now, when, it, you know, when when are these things filmed? Because Corey Hawkins has got a full time had a full has a full time gig at this point. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm sure this this season is pretty much. It's all taped. Filmed. It's yeah, all in the can. I mean, it's, oh, it's all in the they, can. Okay, they got so much to set up and stuff like this. That it's not like the thing that they come in on a Thursday and film till Saturday. I mean, they do, but I'm sure they do it before the the season. So. People can shuffle and fly and, and stuff. And obviously we haven't seen him back yet, so if we do see Heath again, I'm sure it'll be very sparingly. Probably just show up long enough to get shot in the war <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but I think there's a good bet he's he's our mysterious stranger and maybe him. My prediction is that maybe him and Gabriel have this little, you know, Heath ran into this other community and and they're organizing their own little coup because they still think Rick might not go for it or something. I don't know. Because has Rick even got back with Gabriel and, and was kind of, has been like, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to war yet. He hasn't really even talked to to people in Alexandria yet since they kind of made that decision, have they? It's really hard to remember this shit when they make us wait three months <laughs> <laughs> for what happened last. You know. Well, I think they kind of decided right after uh, the... Negan's block party. Yeah, uh, but I mean, they 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 went marching out and, and right to the hilltop, and I don't know if they even discussed it with anyone in the town. <laughs> but um, I don't think a lot of the people in the town are going to war. Probably not that one. I don't think there are a hell of a lot of Alexandrians left, but they they seem to still have a few people. <clears throat> but I, I like this as much as I griped about the first half of the season. I, I really like this one back that said they they usually give us good ones the first show back so we'll see what goes on after this everyone else speak now not at once that that last scene there you know with them being surrounded by so many women or a group of mostly women just reminded me of that summer between my sophomore and junior junior years of college that uh, maybe I shouldn't say anymore. Never mind. No, no. Never mind. No, no, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We have a chance to raise our ratings here. You know, you got the food porn podcast to compete with now. We got to turn up the heat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah, what do you think? Uh, fan of this episode? Yeah, I, I, I love the uh, Walker Limbo. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I wonder if they're trying to make. If if Rosita's going to be just a snarky cat, snarky catty bitch for the rest of the show, so we hate her as much as possible, so it doesn't hurt when they kill her off. 
Um, I can see that. I don't know. Somebody needs to put a bag over her head and beat her, or she's going to end up a bitch kebab. Because she really needs to calm it the fuck down. Okay, her man's dead. Get the fuck over it. (laughs) In this setting, especially. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't play it out too much. It's kind of an unnecessary story, in my opinion. There's, you know, it's... The, the drama of the whole situation is kind of taken away a little bit if the guy's not around for them to fight over, right? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I have better memories of him than you. Yeah, it's one, you know, the, the, yeah, basically. Yeah, Rosita's going to win that fight. She was with him for, for quite a bit longer. I it didn't even, I mean, I didn't even know, did, I don't even remember us getting confirmation that Abe and Sasha had done the deed, but I guess they must have on camera. She referenced it. I don't know. Yeah, I think they did when they were in that building for however long they were there for. That's true. Yeah, and and Mm -hmm. Eugene probably spotted him and told the rest of the camp. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Eugene likes to watch. He does. He probably hung out there for a little while first, though. (laughs) You think Eugene is watching Negan's Pussy Bar right now? Oh, but Eugene's (laughs) probably... Standing in a corner. Eugene's not coming back. He'll enjoy stuff far too much at Negan's compound. <laughs> nah, he's, he's too easily coerced by fear. You know, Negan won't even waste any women on him. He'll be like, I just scare this asshole into submission. <laughs> but we shall see. Nope, didn't see him this episode. So nope. I'm you, don't, you don't even have to waste any women on him. Just put him in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just likes to watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, Mike improvement. I know you were kind of uh, one of the groaners, you know, last eight yeah, episodes this, too. This was, you know, definitely an improvement. You know, there was, you know, I like the fact that we're, you know, that the story seems to be they seem to be fighting back. And, you know, like I mentioned before, you show me, uh, you show me a zombie cheese grater, and I'm and I'm all about it. But you know, there was some stuff at Hilltop that it, not Hilltop, uh, the kingdom that I really liked. Yeah, you know, obviously, we knew it right off the bat Ezekiel was going to say no. Why do you? Why do you guys think he says no? I mean, my thought was he mentioned that you know the deal with the saviors is a secret. If he goes to war, does he have to lose that secret? Oh, I mean, I imagine he would. It's just I don't know. Is he just going to direct his people to fight without really telling them what's going on? I guess he could do that if they're all down with the whole king thing. Ours is not to one, you know, question why and all that. Um, I actually, I don't even remember how it went down in the comics, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm pretty sure they they did that. That's why I'm thinking. I think they're good. I don't think the war proper is actually going to start this season. I think they're going to milk it, and I think it might end up getting a little slow in the next couple episodes. The walking and talking we, we've chatted about before, Mike. Right, yes, the walking <laughs> the, the and talking. diplomacy season. Um, but, depending, but depending what they do during that, that that could be fine, too. You know, right, the yeah. The operations, you, the drama of that, the suspense of that. Yeah, right, yeah. That, that, definitely the drama. If the drama is there, then, then it's just as enjoyable as the action pieces. The problem we had in the first half of the season was, you know, it was all shit sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. It was how much of this do we have to endure before something changes? But now, hopefully, we're seeing the beginning of something changing. If if the walking and talking is interesting, I'll, I'm all about it. Yeah, as long as writers give them good stuff to say, that's that's never been a problem. Um, and it seems like they they're on the right track with this one at least. 
I think we're going to get a lot of the same. I, I said I think obviously the, the saviors are going to have to do something horrible to Ezekiel to get him to come around. You know, uh, something bad would probably have to happen there. You always have to. Do that deal has got to go south on them eventually. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, some somebody will and, slip up and either rat out Daryl being there, or they'll find right. out Daryl. I mean, that's kind of how that happens. If to you'll go down, permit me a World War Two analogy, Ezekiel is definitely the uh, the peace in our time British Prime Prime Minister. What was it, mm-hmm. Chamberlain? A little, yeah. Yeah, a little right. bit of a peace in our time uh, type of thing going on there. Well, you can't really blame him. He's got the best no. deal going out of anybody in the apocalypse, basically. He gets to have his little fantasy kingdom, and, and everyone's cool and safe and well-fed, and and they don't even, they're not even aware that they're in, you know, in potential trouble. Um, and being that Negan is also a pragmatist, he's probably, you know, that it would, could probably stay that way indefinitely. Uh, but something's going to have to happen to tip the balance, obviously. In that, that always happens when Rick shows up. Yeah, you th- yeah. You you think your deal is so good, your community is so good, and it is it's like a case of hurt. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, I can see Sir Richard uh, screwing it up too, because he's he's itching, yeah. he's, uh, itching for a fight with the saviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was pretty much ready to just, like, jump ship and go right with Rick anyway. Yeah. And I, I, they didn't really address it, but I think he just kind of like, well, okay, I'm going to stay here with Daryl and, and stare Ezekiel into some Right, yeah, that's why I don't think it just, it's just going to be Daryl on Ezekiel. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of Richard, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's got to be, well, so what I think will end up happening is loose lips will sink ships, and Daryl, I don't think Daryl's really going to be quiet about the whole savior thing to the rest of the town. They're going to have to keep him locked up if they want him to do that. Because what is, you know, who the fuck does Daryl care? You know, he kicked me well, out. Well, Daryl just say bullshit to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. He's, he's going to rally the troops, if anything. Him and Richard, I, w- I would think, would be, you know, the two people. And right now, who knows more about the saviors than Daryl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Hopefully he doesn't do something stupid, like take Richard and try to go on some commando run by themselves, but I can see the them going that way, too. I think Richard's too smart for that. But I like, I, I, I like them adding in this fourth group now, so we've got some time to learn about them, see how they operate, see what past histories they have, maybe with, these, with the other groups. You know, you have some dramatic stuff there there might be some some past some history so i like i, I like it I, I i think it's important to start one of these what is a i guess a, a half season with a lot of questions and you know you get some sense of direction for where they're going to go for the next whatever we've got six seven episodes and we, we need to find out what Gabriel's doing, who's with him, who this new group is, yeah. how long they can keep Daryl hidden. How you know they right? You, you've got you've got some narrative momentum that's been started here. Right, and I'm the kind of viewer that those types of questions will will keep me coming back more than whose head got bashed in. Exactly. Yeah. That right. yeah. That's that's me as well. I just hope, and I've said it before, that uh, that they're not spinning too many plates and. Um, I said in the books, it's just like the three camps, basically. And now we've got at least uh, four of them out there, uh, potentially. I just don't want to go a whole season and not see, like, the kingdom again. That really pissed me Mm -hmm. off, that that you gave us this little taste of this world, and then we get to see it just for, like, the one episode. And 
But I think now, but I see, I, I, I've, I felt that way at the time, but I think now revisiting it, sort of knowing, you know, Ezekiel having had the, the heart to heart with Carol about, about his backstory, you know, we as viewers know a lot more about Ezekiel than Rick's crew does. Yeah, yeah. You know, Plus because he left of his that. T-shirt there. He left Daryl there, so he's, <laughs> That's he's right. to go back right. for it. The thing about Ezekiel is he's one of those characters that less is more. You know, because, you know what? His shtick is going to get old if you see him all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see more moments like with him and Ben where he just he dials down and, yeah. and is himself right. and you see what kind of leader he really is. I don't right. want to see much more CGI Shiva. That's 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 not a good look. At least close up. Maybe yeah, from that, a that distance. one is a little rough. When, yeah. when they were when she was walking behind the throne, it's like, oh, okay. I know you had to do that, but woo, that did not look good. Well, hopefully they're saving the good stuff because you cannot yeah. present a tiger and not have it go into battle. <laughs> yeah, they have to do something like with this tiger. So I mean, yeah, there will be riots if if that, if Shiva doesn't get to eat somebody on screen. <laughs> so. I, I just love the uh, the look on people's faces when they meet Ezekiel yes. and Shiva for the first time. Of course, they meet Ezekiel and Shiva from what fifty yards away. I don't want to get too close. <laughs> but I, I love the I love the reactions. Yeah. So if, as long as they keep filming the faces when they meet them for the first time, I'm good with it. <laughs> exactly. I don't care what the tiger looks like. I love the reactions. I did love that little moment. I think it was Jesus and Rick. He, Jesus couldn't figure out why uh, Rick wouldn't approach. Rick was just like, uh, tiger. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody stepped up. I mean, Carol had a lot more balls than, than Rick's whole crew when that one happened. She was just like... I don't know what's going on in the most wonderful way. <laughs> yeah, she was just like <laughs> awestruck but fearless, obviously. <clears throat> no, I've heard people. You well, know, she was in the wheelchair, so Carol's sitting there knowing full well she's wheels on wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. What is she going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought we could have seen a little more of. of uh, Morgan seemed a little inconsistent to me again. I, I don't know. He did, you know, did the whole. I admit. I killed somebody, but then it's like, I, I want to go back to being Buddha type thing, even though, you know, he should know at this point that Lachlan's At this point, he should know that it, you know, mm-hmm. there's no negotiating with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I guess, as we said, we have to have somebody be the more moral center than Ben, I guess, uh, who wants to fight, but is still a good guy. So, I do, you know. Uh, one argument, I don't think I've ever said this on the show before, and I've been meaning to, but when you hear, like, you know, I've read over the years arguments about how silly a character King Ezekiel is, and it's not realistic that that would happen in the apocalypse, and I, I dispute that. I think people would definitely run to, like, symbology like that and archetypes of leaders. Um, yeah. Pe- people need something to believe in, and he gave them that. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think there's a cycle to stuff like that. One of my best examples of that is the Dune series, and that you know, the Dune series. For those of you who have never read it or experienced it, it's like the the basically the human race. Get reading. Yeah, indeed, it's basically the human race in like some ungodly year, like the year forty nine fifty or something like that. And um, oh, for 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 like ten thousands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Even further, yeah. Um, 
but the uh, the whole universe has kind of gone back to this whole feudal system of emperors and houses and lords and right. stuff like that. And you know, after great calamity and a robot uprising and all kinds of fun stuff and spice and worms and the uh, craziness and um, really read it. And so I think yeah, humanity would go back to like feudal stuff because it's so ingrained in our you know our species history that it would make sense after everything fell apart to kind of go back to the simple things like that. Um, well, and it's then like eventually all... you'd get to democracy and communism again. <laughs> at, a, at our core, where we seem to be tribal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. that's what humanity's been reduced to in, in the apocalypse, and it does make sense that we would go back to being that. Yeah. Uh, and fundamentally, we want protection. Mm-hmm. And so if we can, if we can, bliss, so. If we can find that now, where, wherever we can find that, you know, nowadays we find protection and safety in a job, you know, in, a, in our housing, uh, where where we live, those sorts of things. But when all that's gone, you look for the the strong leader. That seems reasonable. Plus, that, I think- that that some people know that that would appeal to some people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To most people, I think. I mean, most people want a trouble-free life, and you know, the kingdom's got probably the most trouble-free life out there. Although they have obviously paid a cost to get there, as Ezekiel points out. Um, I think Rick's point. I thought it was great writing. Rick's point about you know the dead don't rule us. You know, it's like you guys got a nice setup here where you think all your people think you're just fighting walkers all the time, but right. you know the, the really bad things out there aren't going to stop. You know, or, or can't be contained. So it's like he's reminding Ezekiel what we what we know now. Because any of the first three, maybe four seasons of this show, maybe we did think the walkers were the threat. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know they're not. The threat is still humans. Well, I still think we're going to find out that Ezekiel's slinging a little bullshit and that he actually did lose somebody to Negan's bat. And that's why he's more... It's less for him... I think he's possibly living under a little bit of fear. And, you know, I think it's bullshit that he, he he's never had a battle with the, the saviors, like he says. But... Sarah, you keep lighting up. Did you want to say something? I'm sorry. I was going to say, don't you think that if Negan had had interaction with Ezekiel at the kingdom, that Negan would have a pet tiger now? <laughs> well, yeah, but I, mean, I think it maybe happened long before the kingdom got set up. and, and you know, But Ezekiel's had the tiger since this whole thing started. He was a zookeeper. Or right. the deal with the saviors. Out with them. <laughs> or the deal with the saviors came before the saviors were what they are. Right. Maybe the saviors were just a a much smaller band of guys. Yeah, he, he may be grandfathered into his deal. Right. I like the fact that when they turn over the pigs, they feed them dead people first. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they're... That, was, that gave me a again. chuckle. Yeah. You got to go back a couple episodes, but yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they're ever going to pay that off. Well, that, that would be a nice twist, like, for Ezekiel to be like, look, we're not going to join your war directly, but we're going to start really poisoning these fuckers, you know, when, they, when we give them food. And, and right, and Richard's been, we saw Richard doing that in the, that what, that second episode of the season? Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time has passed, but eventually that's got to that's gotta pay off at some point, unless it's just wasted writing. 
Yeah, that's why I think they should yeah, need Carol back into the fold, find themselves a good chemist, and, and you know, you wipe them all out, and well, I'm sure King Negan's got his food tasters and shit, but there are ways, there are ways, uh, you know. <laughs> Where's Walter White when you need him? <laughs> Make some nice ricin to, to feed the, the saviors. Uh, so I'm, I'm encouraged. Good start back. Um, I, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm going with my prediction that we'll, we'll probably see like the first big battle of the war at the last episode, and then they're going to save the most, you know, the, the bulk of it for next season. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can keep things moving and, and juggle all these, these new worlds they're going to show us. And, I think uh, we're going to see more than the first big battle. But I don't think it's going to end this season. Right. There's definitely yeah. going to be some kind of turning point at the end of uh, episode 718. Yeah. Or 16, rather. And then we'll have to wait. Up and especially up until season six, they were pretty good about ending their story before the season ended. But they seem to have fallen in love with the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger over the summer. Well, I don't yes, think, that is true. I hope they learned the lesson from a lot of people who were pissed about the last one, you know, between the two seasons and the Negan thing. So I don't think they're going to do that to us again if they're smart. But um, who knows? One of the producers given a lot of evidence that they make smart decisions in some of these properties before. Uh, Mel Gibson for Suicide Squad 2. <laughs> but... <laughs> Anybody got anything else? I don't believe so. I don't I'm looking, looking forward to it. Uh, Professor Allen, obviously you're, you're, you're a ringer guy. We bring in every now and then, but you're welcome to join us anytime. Sounds good. Um, and Mike and Sarah are officially, you know, featured players when they can show up. And uh, we're free of the Walking Dead cast. Still no email. But you could drop us one at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com if you'd like. Uh, shout out to David Pasquarello, who's the crazy friend of mine that listens to this but doesn't watch the show. So hopefully we'll adapt <laughs> it for you. Uh, hey, Dave. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll do this again next week, kids. So... Until then, bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Fear the Walking Dead cast on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. There's a black cat down on the quayside. Ships lights, green eyes glowing in the dark. Two young cops handing out a meeting. Know how to hurt and leave no mark. Down in the hoplet bar of the hotel There's a call for the last round of the day Push back the stool, take that elevator right Fall in bed and kick my shoes away Kick my shoes away Kick my shoes away Rocks on the Sound of a city. Hear a car full of young boys heading for a fight. Long distance telephone keeps ringing out engaged. Wonder who you're talking with tonight. 
Cat down on the quayside. Ships lights, green eyes glowing in the dark. Two young cops handing out a meeting. Know how to hurt and leave no mark. Yeah, down in the half the bar of the hotel. There's a call for the last round of the day. Push back the stool, take that elevator ride Fall in bed and kick my shoes away Kick my shoes away Kick my shoes away Rocks on the road Kick my shoes away Kick my shoes away Rocks on the road 